With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Wednesday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings alongside former NFL general manager Michael Lombardi. Stormy Bond and Tony with you. Got a great two hours on tap. Lots to get to previewing week 15 in the National Football League quarterback updates. Coming up a little bit later on in the show, former all-pro linebacker Sean Merriman is going to join us. We'll have Harry Gagnon on in his usual Thursday spot to get his uh, Wednesday spot to get his Thursday night football cartoon pick. So lots to get into. Michael, how are you doing this morning? What's going on i am sure did you and uh, harry kind of uh, have a meeting to figure out what your teaser is going to be for this week since you two seem to I be think... kind of a, in lockstep here on teasers and obviously it did not work out for us last thursday michael with the same so <laughs> i didn't we... bring it up like that i didn't mean it like that i just thought you know you're the teaser couple i was so relieved not to have to come on the show last friday after the thursday night debacle that was patriot steelers where we both did a yeah. same game teaser where we had the under and the steelers how How'd both of those go, Michael? You know, what I've learned in this industry for for five years that I've listened to it is when it looks that easy, it never is, right? And when it looks as easy as, okay, Miami 13-point, Tennessee, Tennessee secondary is terrible. You know, they couldn't hold the Colts, yada, yada, yada. Simmons is out. Looks too easy. When it looks too easy, walk away. The trap. I've also yes. noticed for myself recently, and it's funny when you kind of like those of us that bet often, we have our little grid of our wins and losses and you write little notes and things that you're successful and things that you're not. And for me, I suck at primetime games, which I hate because I feel like on this show, we delve into the details of them so much more for our audience. And I'm like, I do so much better on Sundays, just the normal Sunday slate than these standalone games. So maybe I need to prioritize um, the way that I'm doing my bets a little bit more. But because we mentioned that Thursday night game in the Patriots, 
First win for them in a while. And now um, one of two teams, though, for this team, despite the win, that is eliminated from playoff contention, New England is. And it appears that writing on the wall that we've been feeling for a while as it pertains to Bill Belichick and his future is becoming a little bit more firm. According to a report from Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston, Robert Kraft made the decision at the end of that Week 10 game against the Colts in Germany that they will part ways with Bill Belichick after this season. Um, the, the, the quote that's kind of coming around here is when they came out of Germany conversations, I meaning Tom had that week made it very clear. The decision was made and they were going to play out the string. And at the end of the year would be parting ways for a variety of reasons. And I wasn't told this specifically, but the main one being you don't fire Bill Belichick during the season. It's just not going to happen. And, and so Michael, these rumors have been swirling around for a mm -hmm. long time. Your boy Bill is always yeah. in the news, but what'd you make of the report? Well, I found it interesting that if it was if it happened after Germany and they had the bye week in week 11, why didn't it come out that week? Why now? Look, I, I think there's no question. And I think Tom does a great job of of being an insider in the New England Patriot organization, which is tough to get information out of, as we know. But, you know, so his sources, I'm assuming, are very credible and I'm not disputing what he what he said. However, I think at the end of the year, we all know there's going to be a meeting. You know, whether it's going to be January the 8th, January the 9th or January the 10th, they're going to sit down. He and Robert Kraft are going to sit down and go over where they think the problems are, where they think the problems were and where they think the problems could be moving into the future. So I think a lot will depend on that meeting. I couldn't imagine that that after the ball is uh given back to the officials against the Jets on January the 7th, a half hour later, we hear Belichick's gone. But I, I, it, to me, I think the two of them have had so much success that it's going to take a meeting to sit down to say, okay, you know, do we want to continue this? Do we not want to continue this? And how do we make this divorce, if we do have a divorce, seem as easy as we can make it? Because for all the success we've had, you know, it, it's important that we still you're, you're still part of the fabric of this franchise. Those six Super Bowls are going to be attached to you. They're going to build a statue in front of the stadium for you. You know, it's never going to go away. So how this ends is going to be very important. Yeah, one six Super Bowls went to nine, obviously three decades of friendships, of relationships, of highs and lows. So there's a lot there. But um, like you said, with with the divorce, um, sometimes they can be amicable and sometimes a, a separation and a parting of ways can be the healthiest thing for both parties. And in this case with the Patriots, obviously the last few years, it's been kind of a steady tick down and New England three and 10 right now, worst win percentage in Belichick's 29 season career as a head coach. Patriots are second worst record in the NFL right now. They're eliminated from playoff contention. They're on pace to finish last in scoring offense. And all that to say, their defense is still really, really good. So I don't think yeah. that there's a question that Bill Belichick lost his ability to coach. He's still a very good coach. I think the personnel and draft and a lot of those GM role type things have probably been a deterrence in recent success for them. So the the assumption is that if not in New England, he's still going to go and be a coach and still going to be chasing Shula's record, correct? I, I, I know I don't get the sense that, that he's tired. I don't get the sense that he doesn't want to keep coaching. It's part of who he is, you know, and, it, and, and we know that, that the success as you get older in life, uh, you know, sometimes you tend to wear down, but I don't get that. I think he has the urge and I don't think it has anything to do with Shula. I just think he has, it has everything to do with, I love the work. The one thing about Bill 
that has always resonated with me is in the in in the moments when it seems so bad or when it seems so good, his focus never changed. It was always about the work. It was always that he was in love with the work. It wasn't the, the Super Bowls, the playoffs. That's the reward. The work is what he loved. And I don't think at this point in his life you can take away the work. He's not going to let the take because he still loves the work. When he doesn't love the work anymore, then I think he'll walk away. But he loves the work. So if they have a divorce, if this is what happens, then I think he's he'll be available for whatever teams that may have an opening as it comes through this season to at least explore and go down that avenue. Yeah, and what those teams that have an opening might have in place when it comes to ownership, quarterback, defense, salary cap. There's obviously a lot of things that go into that, but where could be a fit for Bill, certainly. Um, And then you talk about the work. He's only focused on that this week because when reporters were following up in the press conference earlier today, his responses about all of the questions about his future were just focused on Kansas City this week. So let's talk about Kansas City this week, Michael, because we are a betting network and there are numbers that are applied to these things. The Patriots are nine and a half point underdog this week at home in Foxborough against the Chiefs, total 37. Second time Bill Belichick in his era as the Patriots head coach that they have been a home dog of nine points or more. Now, I'm not going to say that this is what's going to happen again this weekend, people, but the first time, they were an 11-point dog against the Colts in 2001, and New England won that game 44-13. to Yeah, I mean, look, th- this is obviously, we know the Chiefs are struggling offensively. We know that the Patriots have struggled mightily offensively, and we know the Chiefs' strength is their defense. And this is a little bit like when the Chiefs came to Las Vegas and played the Raiders. You knew the Chiefs were going to score points against a Raider defense. So you knew that that line was in jeopardy of – they were going to cover. They could cover the line. Even when the Raiders went ahead 14 to nothing, they outscored them 31 to three. So, you know, this is a little bit of a, of a mismatch in terms of one offense can score, the other one can't. I think both defenses will be good. I think when you go back and watch the Buffalo tape, which I did yesterday again, you know, this, this chief offense isn't, there's no explosiveness to it. Kelsey's not the same player. A lot of his stuff comes off of loose plays. Teams are no longer feeling they've got to double Kelsey. Like, nobody's doubling. There are a lot of two-man under, and, you know, look, we can cover him and we'll tackle him and see if, he can, see if he can make the plays that he made in the past. So there's not a lot of, oh, my God, look at it. You know, and then defensively, you've got to block Chris Jones, who's offsides on every single play. I mean, what, what makes last Sunday's game so hilarious is, is the fact that Chris Jones lines up offsides on almost every single play, and I've been saying it for three years. And their right tackle, Taylor, is in the backfield on every single play. Like, you could easily call 10 illegal formations against the Chiefs all, all game against Buffalo. Easily. I bet you the league office has a stack of video in there from the opponents of the Chiefs getting ready to play that are the, of, of saying, is this legal, Taylor, this far in the backfield? Is this legal, Chris Jones offside? So I thought it was kind of funny. But the matchup doesn't favor New England at all. Even in a low-scoring affair, Kansas City's the better team. At the nine and a half, though, so I I keep on thinking if this thing ticks to 10, I'm going to dive in on New England in that spot just because of the defensive success, to your point, and how good they've been in that area. Um, I also love, just because you're talking about the Chris Jones of it all, 
Michael tweeted about this, and he's got a picture up there on Twitter. If you're not following Michael Lombardi on Twitter, what are you doing? At M Lombardi NFL, you have to. The, the train of thought and awesome stuff that he puts out there is second to none. And I'm fortunate I get to talk to you every day here. But the Twitter stuff when we're off the air um, is great. But when this game, I think if it gets to double digits, how, how attractive is New England at that number? Yeah, well, I think they are. And I think, you know, to me, uh, these high number games, I'm, I, I always try to work backwards, right? Like, how many points do you think Kansas City will score? I think they'll score 17, right? And so for you to cover this number, you got to think that the Patriots can score 17. I don't know if they can. You know, I don't know if they can. They're, now, look, you know, they couldn't score against the Chargers' bad weather game. We got that. I mean, last week against the Steelers, they threw for 222 yards. That's the most teams have thrown the ball against the Steelers in the last four weeks. I mean, it wasn't just an anomaly. Now, I know Watt got hurt and Highsmith and all that, but they threw actually threw the ball. They made a couple plays. Juju Smith made a play down the field for 37 yards. They made a couple throws, and they scored 21 points. So, look, a lot of this is going to come down, can they block Chris Jones? And if, you can, if they can handle Chris Jones and run the football and slow the game down and keep the game in the low 20s, they'll cover this number. Again, that spread sitting 9.5 right now, total 37. The Patriots updated season win total sitting 4.5, over plus 200, under juice to minus 250. They got the Chiefs, Broncos, Bills, and Jets to round out the season the next four weeks. We're going to step aside here. Lots of quarterback news to update you on, and you mentioned the Steelers there. Big Ben had some thoughts on the state of the Steelers' way. We'll be right back with the Lombardi line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. College Bowl season is here. VEASAN's got an early Christmas present for you. Not a VEASAN Pro subscriber yet? No problem. We're giving away this year's College Bowl betting guide to everyone for free. We've got spreads, totals, and expert picks from the Golics, Steve Mackinnon, and Brent Musburger on every single bowl game. Put a bow on this bowl season and get your free copy of the VEASAN College Bowl betting guide right now. Visit VEASAN.com slash bowl guide. Again, it is free. Go get your copy today. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line. Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you. And as we were talking in the commercial break some practice injury reports have been coming through Michael so give us the latest hit us with the with the hits what's going on well I think that the game to watch out for is Chicago going into Cleveland you know on the surface you know the Browns get a great win Joe Flacco plays well Miles Garrett starts to look like he's back from his shoulder injury the Browns defense really did a nice job in the game forced three turnovers by Trevor Lawrence but then after the game it just kind of has gone really bad for them Dewan Jones, their starting tackle, he goes on IR. So now they're down another tackle. So they've lost both starting tackles. Posick, their starting center, he's injured. He may not play in the game. So there's three offensive linemen that started the season that are not going to that aren't going to be on the team. And then you take an effect that Jerome Ford's got a wrist injury, so you're dealing with him. You know, and so there's so many. And then now we get the defense. Denzel Ward didn't play last week. They say he's trending in the right direction. Delpit, the safety, they just put him on injured reserve. Thornhill's hurt as well. So this is kind of a mash unit in going into Cleveland where, you know, they're going to have to play their best. Now, understanding that the Browns typically play movement quarterbacks fairly well. I mean, we saw them play Lamar with, with Dorian Robinson-Thompson in the game or Thompson-Robinson, and they, they did a nice job on Lamar in that game even though they had no offense. So they'll be prepared to play fields and his movement and all that. I just worry about can they block the Bears' front. And Dockway, the Bears' starting right end, he was placed on injury reserve this morning with a broken ankle. So there's a lot of injuries that I think you have to keep up on. I thought this line would get to three fairly quickly. It hasn't gone there yet. You know, I kind of see this as an opportunity for the Bears to play well. the, The Browns are very wounded at this point of the season. Yeah, and I just saw Mary Kay Cabot tweeting as well. Okoronkwo has a pec injury, too, plays behind Miles Garrett off the edge. So just another guy going down. Looks like he's going to be done for the season. Um, and the this is a Bears team that's been playing with some confidence lately. And Justin Fields, with him being back in the fold, um, he's won back-to-back games. They've won, what is it, three of their last four now. So things have kind of turned around. We talked about this yesterday with the Giants. These bad teams don't seem to know how to tank properly so that they can get good draft position. But the, the Bears, a team that have been on the up and up recently. So yes, we still see this number sitting three and a half, total 37 and a half. Some other injuries to update folks on. Oh, actually not, not injuries, but just guys in and out of the lineup here. Josh Dobbs officially benched. We saw the news come through yesterday. Nick Mullins is going to be the starting quarterback against the Bengals this Saturday. And Vic Taffer of the Athletics says it's very likely Aiden O'Connell will be benched for Jimmy Garoppolo if he plays poorly in week 15, something that we obviously saw this past week against that Vikings team where he probably should have been in game. Well, I mean, I don't know what they were waiting for. I really have no idea. I mean, I have no idea. You watch that game and it was time. You know, as for Nick Mullen, he gets an opportunity to start. Now, Nick Mullen, you know, he has started games in the past. He's 10 and 15 as a starter. He's 6 and 7 on the road. 
You know, he throws 65% completion when he was with the 49ers as a starter. He's prone to throw interceptions. I mean, he came in the game off the bench. He had 13 passes. He had four bad throws of those 13. One was so bad it should have been intercepted, but it was a horrible throw, and they didn't make it. But he made nine really good throws in the game, Stormy. They were really good throws, especially over by their bench. Two third down key throws. So that's going to give them some life when they go into play Cincinnati because I'm telling you, when you go back and watch the tape on Browning and how good he's been and how accurate he has been with the football. I mean, it's somewhat remarkable how good he's doing in terms of he's been on target in two games. First of all, it's the best two games they've had offensively all year. And he's been on target 86.9% of the time with his throws. And he's had five drops in two games. So, you know, he's doing exactly what he's asked to do. Put the ball in the right spot quickly. They're a really good screen team, too. So even though they can't run the ball, you know, even though they can't run the ball, they've been able to manufacture easy throws for him when the offense, and you got to credit Zach Taylor for that. He's had rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns in each of his two starts the last couple of weeks. 86% completion percentage and 75% completion percentage. 354 yards, 275 yards. He's been great offensively when we all thought that the Bengals season was just lost after losing Joe Burrow. Uh, They are a three and a half point favorite in this game. And, you know, the Josh Dobbs of it all, obviously that was such a great story. And you saw the glimpses of what's kept him around in the league for as long as he has been. But you also see why he's been a journeyman and why he hasn't stuck anywhere. Um, Justin Jefferson also, by the way, we talked about it yesterday briefly, avoided serious injury, but I saw a video this morning where he and a few other players for the Vikings hosted um, some some families that are in a financially tough situation doing a shopping event for them and a little kid wearing his jersey. He's walking around within the store. He says, are you going to play on Saturday? And he said, oh yeah, man, I am. So he, Justin Jefferson, straight from his mouth, looking like he's going to play this weekend. Well, and they need them. But but here's the concern you have on Minnesota, right? And there's been a lot of sharp money. Professional people have bet Minnesota early in the week and moved that number. But you've got to be really worried about their offensive line, right? So they got Ed Ingram, who's limited with a hip injury. You got Brian O'Neill did not practice. He's got an ankle injury. You've got Dalton Reisner. He's got a he's an injured with an ankle injury. So you've got three of their starting offensive linemen that didn't practice yesterday. That's got to concern you. And this is a team with a backup quarterback and not really a running game. And I didn't mention that Madison's injured too. So he's got the ankle injury along with there's some talk that he has a concussion. So I think this is a really – it sets up a hard game for Minnesota, especially for Mullen, considering that when you look at what's happened in Cincinnati the last two weeks defensively, right? The last two weeks defensively, Cincinnati has played their best football in terms of being able to stop the opponent's running game. I mean, they've done a much better job of that. In, In the prior three games, they were given up 166 yards per game on the ground. The last two weeks, they've given up 58.8 to the Colts, who can run the football, and Jacksonville, who doesn't really want to run it, but they can run it. So I I think it's, you know, Minnesota can't run the ball in this game. It's going to put a lot of pressure on Mullen. Conversely, right, I mean, you can't run the ball in Minnesota. You're just not going to run the ball. Minnesota's really a good run team. They've had eight games where they've held their opponent under 80 yards. But here's where the key is. Cincinnati don't want to run the ball. 
They could care less about calling runs. They'll call bubbles and they'll call flats. And, you know, they have an outside passing game that they use as their run game. So it's really not going to affect them. Not being able to run the ball just gives Zach Taylor a chance to call more pass plays. <laughs> yeah, and they've, they found a way to make it work for Jake Browning, certainly. Yep. And the Vikings, you got to score some points if you want to compete with that offense. And uh, last week, obviously, that was not the case. Last couple minutes here, Michael. Um, ben Roethlisberger said in his latest podcast, <laughs> Footballin', that he feels Pittsburgh is losing the Steeler way specifically on the offensive side of the ball. They're not carrying that same toughness of years past. Here, take a listen to this clip. You're not seeing, in my opinion, the toughness on offense. Um, and, and I say toughness in the sense of a Steeler toughness. Mm. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with like, like okay, this guy's soft. Or they, like, who's who's grabbing someone by the face mask and being like, uh-uh. Yeah. That's not, no, that's not, not what, what we do. That's not yeah. what we do. Um, is that happening? You know, and, and yes, again, you have guys on defense doing it, but you need guys on both sides of the ball doing it. Because when you're in offensive meetings, when you're in offensive huddles, when you're doing that, you're meeting separately. You need someone to stand up in that room on offense mm-hmm. and be like, hey, this, 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 isn't, this isn't what it means to wear the black and gold. Do you agree? You think they've lost some of the Steeler way? No, I think their toughness is why they've been able to hang in there. I think that what they've lost is the him. They don't have a quarterback who can make plays like him. And I think the reason that they've been able to stick with Pickett is because he is tough. I mean, my question this week is how long do they stick with – how long are they going to stick with, uh, with, with uh, my man MVP Mitch? Because now remember, Mason Rudolph hasn't thrown a pass since 2021. I mean, that's how long it's been he's played. When you go back and look at him in the league and you say, okay, when was he playing good? you got to go all the way back to 2021 when the last time he saw action. I think they're like a, like the Patriots. They just can't get good quarterbacking play. And, and it doesn't come from Trubisky. For some reason, they've tried to make Trubisky into something he's not, which is a really good starting quarterback. And I'm not saying Rudolph's better. I'm not. I'm certainly not. But – when you look at it, you know, he's 5-4-1 as a starter in his career. I think he lacks anticipation. I think he lacks timing. But Trubisky turns the ball over way too much for him. Yeah, and I think that's a great point that you said right off the top is they don't have him anymore, right? Like you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback, it's hard to take that next step. Uh, looking at the quarter, I mean, Mitch Trubisky, the quarterbacks we have this week, Mitch Trubisky, Aiden <laughs> O'Connell, uh, who we just talked about, Nick Mullins, Easton Stick, Bailey Zappi, Drew Locke, Jake Browning, Joe Flacco, Tommy DeVito, Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson, AFC and NFC Players of the Week. You oh. see that? Unbelievable. I mean, your Saturday starts what off with Nick in? Mullins, Jake Browning, and then, you know, you're going to fly into Pittsburgh. You got MVP Mitch. You got Gardner. We don't even t- we treat Gardner Minshew like he's been a 20-year vet, like he's the best <laughs> player on the planet. Even the, even the veterans, though. It's like Baker Mayfield, <laughs> D- Desmond Ritter. What are we – oh, what a crazy year. No way or no doubt coming at you next on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. You'll get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the VSEN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VSEN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VSEN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro Picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You can sign up now for just $9.99 at vsin.com slash subscribe. 
disagree with these takes? No way. Uh-uh, no way. Or do you approve? Oh, no doubts. No doubts. No doubt my mind. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi, no way or no doubt. All right, Michael, we're coming in hot. I was on one, writing one these, this morning. Okay, the Bears, right. we talked about a little bit earlier. They're 3-1 and one over their last four games. Defense has made steady improvements throughout the course of the season. While I'm not going to say that Justin Fields is still playing for his job, I do think Matt Eberflus could be playing for his, so um, could be coaching for his. No way or no doubt, Matt Eberflus will be the head coach of the Bears next season. Uh, you know, this is right in between. I would say no doubt he would be. I mean, I think he's done a really good job of holding it together. When you start dumping on all the problems he's had from injuries, coaches, and loses his defensive coordinator, you know, for reasons we don't know, running back coach loses him, you know, a ton of injuries to start the season, kind of piecing it all together. You know, I, I think he's actually done a good job. I mean, I keep reading about, well, once Justin Fields goes somewhere where they know what to do with him, I think what you see is what you're going to get if he goes somewhere else. It's going to be inconsistent. It's going to be very challenging to throw the ball when you have to throw it if you're behind in a game and you're going to have to play from in front. But I think he's done a good enough job to come back. Now, the wild card is Kevin Warren, right? The wild card is Kevin Warren. Does Kevin Warren, who didn't hire Eberflus, he didn't hire uh, – Ryan Poles, he's going to have to make a decision if he wants to brand the organization. You know, and they fired Mark Tressman after two years. They fired, uh, you know, other guys soon. So they don't have, it's not like they haven't done this before. But I don't, for me, there's no doubt he should be back because I think he's done a good job of holding a bad situation together. Yeah, I think that if they continue to show fight and make these improvements, especially like they have on the defensive side of the ball, obviously he's a defensive guy. I I, I think that he can show enough to keep his job, but it's a matter of, like you said, especially if you're bringing in a new quarterback next year, if you don't want to just start over fresh and have a new thing versus like the risk of, okay, one a one and done, and then have two coaches like you did with Matt Nagy and Matt Eberflus with Justin Fields. You don't want to be in that kind of a cyclical situation again. All right, let's go to the NFC South. You know how much I love talking about this division, so I'm hoping that maybe you can prove me wrong with this one. The winner of the NFC South, Michael, no way or no doubt, can win a playoff game. What do you think? Uh, you know, they're, they're going to get a bad wild card team, right? I mean, that's the thing. They're going to get a bad wild card team. And so there's probably no doubt they could win one. I don't wow. see it happening. But let's but let's put it in. Per- okay, so say let's go right here. All right, so it's Tampa. Four plays, uh, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. If they're playing, if Philly's the fifth seed, there's no way they win. So they're going to play the best wild card team there is, and that's either going to be Dallas or Philly. So the answer to the question is no way. Yeah, they'll be a, like a double-digit underdog in that game. There's no way. You're right. Once you do it like that, there's no way. It depends on who the fifth seed is, right? Yep. And so we know it's either going to be Dallas or Philly. All right. I mean, I think that we we know that. We don't know who the first, well, number one seed is. But we do know who the fifth seed is. It's not coming from the north. It's not coming from the south. And it's certainly not coming from the west unless, you know, they're not going to get to the fifth seed. So it's going to be they're either going to play Philly or Dallas and there's no way they win. So let's talk about those Dallas Cowboys. No way or no doubt, Michael. The Cowboys will make the NFC championship game for the first time since 1996 this year. No way. And here's why. Mm. It's not because of Dak Prescott. 
I think there's holes in their defense. And I think if you paid close attention to the tape last week, everybody focused on the Eagles lost. Everybody tends to always look at the scoreboard. And, and certainly that's an important, you know, that's an indication. But that game's a little misleading when you really watch it. That, that game's a little misleading. I mean, Philly averaged 6.2 yards per play. And they were having success. They just turned it over. Now, okay, you're not allowed to turn it over. I get that. you got to protect the football. But it wasn't as if Dallas had control of the game. Even when they were up, I think it was 24-13, Dallas didn't have control of the game. They were able to move the ball, kick a field goal, extend it. But the reality of it is, is I think Dallas's defense is somewhat of a liability. If they turn it over, they look a lot better than they are. Now, I think this week against Buffalo, I think it could be an offensive. I think both teams will move the football. I think they have a better chance of stopping Buffalo than they did Philly because Philly can power them, and they don't want to get powered. Buffalo wants to play a space game, and that's where Dallas is going to have its success. They want to rush the passer. Dallas's defensive front can win against Buffalo. It's a better matchup for them. Dallas's defensive front against Philly struggles, even with Micah Parsons and all who they have. The best team they've had in a while. See if they can get over the hump. Dak Prescott two and seven in playoff games. The Cowboys plus three eighty. It won't be Dak though. It'll be the def. I think yeah. the defense is going to let them down. I don't think they're good enough. Now look, Gilmore's playing great, and Bland's been unbelievable. But you, they've lost some guys defensively. If you disagree, they are plus three eighty to win the NFC, eight to one to win the Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills, Michael, no way or no doubt, very live to win the AFC East. No, uh, n- not to win the AFC. No way they win the AFC East. I do not see that. But I do see them very alive to, to be in the playoffs and be a de- and be a, really a problem. I mean, if they're the seventh seed and Miami's the two seed, Miami doesn't want to host them again. Right? You could see that happening, right? Yeah. If they're the sixth seed, you know, Kansas City doesn't want to host them again. Like, they're going to be a team you don't want to play. And why is that? Because in single elimination games, when you have a great player – he can win the game. He can win the game. If you're in a seven-game series, you know, and there's just one great player on the team, it's hard for him to win four games. Now, Michael Jordan has done it in the past, so, you know, I, I say that. But to me, in a single elimination tournament, one great player makes a difference. Nobody wants to play Buffalo come playoff time. Not because you have to go to Buffalo because you won't have to, but because of Josh Allen and his ability to do some things that are just hard to figure out. Even money for the Bills to make the playoffs. Obviously a tough road facing Dallas this week at the Chargers, Patriots, and closing the season against Miami on the road. Let's take a listen to what Cam Newton had to say about a couple of MVP favorites, shall we? Yeah, Lamar Jackson, obviously Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Brack Parody, like but Brock, let's they're not winning because of him. He's not turning the ball over. He's managing the game. And if we were to put that in its own right as game managers, Brock, Parody, Tua Tungvaloa, Jared Goff, and really Dak Prescott. Mm. These are game managers. They're, they're not difference makers. And when you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade. Michael, I found your Halloween costume next year, but no way or no doubt Cam Newton is right. Those guys are game managers. What do you think? 
Well, I, I think it's a little – I think there's the definition of game manager. I think he's right in one sense is that they're, they're, they have to play point guard. They are, they are point guards that don't need to score. He was a point guard that was a scoring point guard. He was Magic Johnson when he played. He carried the team. I mean, I think Ted Ginn was his best receiver. Like, he had a score. He had a play. Whereas these guys have a lot of good pieces around them. But I, don't, I think it's a little bit of a misleading statement in the definition. We hear managers. We think that anybody could go do it. No, no. Purdy's accurate. Tua, as much as I don't think Tua's a star, I think he's benefits from his accuracy and his timing. Same thing with Goff. Now, Goff's turned the ball over back to when he was at the, at the Rams at the end when they got tired of it. You know, his interceptions went down and so that. Same thing with Dak. I've said this all about Dak. When Dak has done have to throw it 50 times a game or 45, he's a better player. The terminology's wrong. Yeah. I get his point. He's right about his point. There's no doubt he's right about his point. The terminology's wrong, and it's almost insulting to think that anybody can do what Purdy, Tua, Goff, and Prescott do because they can't. Well, and I also like, like there's different tiers of that too. Like Dak and Jared Goff are, are not the same. And I just don't like the idea of quarterbacks and people that want to be in the league right now and aren't talking badly about guys who are doing it at a high level right now. And yeah. it's not like Cam had weapons. Like, let's not act like Steve Smith and Greg Olson and Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, like that they didn't that's help right, yeah, your cause. Steven Smith, yeah. Like, yeah, that's you right. Know? You're right. I was saying Ted again. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, there are people you're that right. help Look, the cause. But he, but that offense was all run through him. What, the, what he's really but. saying is the offense isn't going through them. They're facilitating the offense. That's really what he's saying. I get it. But what do you think about that outfit, though, Michael? Can we? Can, what will it take I, I for me know. to get you it, in that hat? I don't know how you get that combination together. Like, I don't know. Like, if you lay out your clothes in the morning, like, how do you pick all that? Like, are they custom made? Or do you, does he just, does he have a guy? Does he have a hat guy? I feel like Tommy DeVito's agent could make sure that he could get all of the hats that he ever needed. We got to step aside when we come back. Sean Merriman joining the program. What's he think about the state of the Chargers right now? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos 
in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSIN. That's V-S-I-N. The crown is yours. Welcome back to the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. We are hoping to connect with Sean Merriman in a couple of minutes here. Former three-time All-Pro linebacker. Spent a lot of time with the Chargers, Michael. And that's a team that... I know we have a lot of question marks about. We got the news yesterday that Justin Herbert's going to be shut down for the season, dealing with a fracture to his index finger on his throwing hand. And one of the no way, no doubts actually didn't get an opportunity to get to with you that I'll throw your way now was go ahead. Fire no, away. no way or no doubt. The chargers will not win another game. The remainder of the season. What do you think? Uh, I would say no doubt. I mean, look, uh, you know, Ethan stick stick is going to have a hard time coming in when you watch him and you go back and look, he wasn't exactly dazzling. I mean, Aiden O'Connell was good in this preseason. Uh, it hasn't been very good during the regular season, but when you watch stick play in the preseason, you know, he wasn't very effective either. It struggled to, to get the ball down the field, struggled to make plays. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, he had 73 passing attempts for 380 yards. That's 5.2 yards of attempt. So, it wasn't like, oh, my God, we're dazzled by all that. And so I think it's going to be challenging. And then when you add the layer in, their defense has struggled. I mean, Khalil Mack's got 15 sacks, six against the Raiders, and then he's got games where he gets two sacks, New England, Baltimore, Green Bay, and the Jets, and then there's seven games without a sack. So now in this game, no Colton Miller certainly should help him. But to me, this is a team that can't run the ball. They have a hard time playing the pass. They struggle defensively. I'm not sure there's a love affair with the coach. I think now that Herbert's gone, who keeps all this together? You know, Bosa never plays. To me, it's a mess. And one of the things that bothers me about the Chargers has been they don't have – I mean, Big Ben's complaining about Pittsburgh's toughness, right? The Chargers don't have any toughness. I mean, they have no toughness. They they just – they think they can outsmart everybody and go for it on fourth down. And it's, it's not an easy road for them either these last four games. Yes, you are here in Vegas against the Raiders, but even there, you're a three-point underdog with Easton Stick as your quarterback making his first start, which we were asking yesterday who's going to be that backup quarterback for him. Saw yesterday um, signed to the active roster from the practice squad was Max Duggan, former TCU quarterback who was drafted this past year. Um, but like you're, you're here in Vegas. 
Then you've got Buffalo, who is in win-now mode, trying to do whatever they can to make the postseason. At Denver, tough place to play against a team that's won, five, what, six of their last seven games now or five of their last six. Like, they are they are playing really good football right now. And then you close the season against Kansas City, who is the defending Super Bowl champion. And so it's not an easy road by any means. They're 5-8 and eight right now. They look poised to move on from this entire coaching staff next season, This once we get to the offseason. And it's just a bummer because this is a franchise and then and when you got Justin Herbert you have such high expectations and I think that's yeah. what makes the the disappointment factor that much more heavy is that like you really thought you were going to be a Super Bowl caliber team that you're going to be going yeah. blow for blow with the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West and you're not well and even when they have Herbert they haven't been good I mean, all this conversation about how Kellen Moore was going to make a huge difference the last four games with Herbert They've thrown for 856 yards. They've at 214 yards a game. Turned the ball over seven times. They average 85 yards rushing in those games. They can't move the ball. They haven't been able to move the ball. And since the bye week, when they were supposed to get it all straightened out, they're three and six. You know, they beat the Jets. They beat the Bears with the backup quarterback, and then they they shut out New England. Those are the three wins. They've lost. They, you know, they they they've lost by 50 points in the other six games by an average of 8.33, and we're used to them being in close games. So, like, if you're Dean Spanos, you're saying, look, this is not going the way it should go. And I think if you're Herbert, you're saying you're, you're saying your agent. Trust me, his agent is on the phone with the Chargers. Trust me on that. And and they're saying, look, we got to get something better. We need we need to figure out what is the real problem here. What is the problem? And the problem is they have no toughness. They have no physicality. They've got some really good skill players. They've got a few good players, but their core of their team isn't good enough. And that's why they lose a lot of close games. Now, they're playing a team that scored 76 points in the last five weeks. But one thing about the Raiders now, they've only given up 69 points in those games. I mean, they've scored 15. They're only giving up 13. Now, I know they're not great on defense, but they have played better defensively. The problem is they can't force a turnover, and neither can the Chargers. Uh, unfortunately, it, which is crazy to think about in today's day and age, we had some service issues with Sean Merriman. So, um, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get him on the line, but it's still a great conversation about the Chargers and a necessary one to have about their future and, and what's going to happen moving forward with the Chargers. Um, there was some other news and notes I want to get to here, Michael. Tyree Kill still day-to-day with that ankle injury, yeah. but for Miami, a big blow. Their starting center, Connor Williams, tore his ACL. He is done for the year. So, as we look ahead to this game against the Jets, where Zach Wilson was playing much better. Um, that line has shifted significantly, opened as high as 13 and a half, now just eight and a half, still more than a touchdown favorite, but a big swing as of late for this Miami Jets game coming up. All right, so we know Armstead. When they signed Armstead, the first thing you said is he's never healthy. He's a really good player, but never healthy. Now he's not healthy again. He's been injured all year. He comes back, he gets injured. Even if he comes back, he's going to get hurt. So Kendall Lamb's had a play. He's been injured, right? Lester Cotton has filled in. Connor Williams now goes out. Liam Etchenberg's got to come in and play center. Robert Hunt's been hurt. So Robert Jones has played. The only guy who's really been playing all the time is Austin Jackson. Now, what they've been able to do is hide the line. They've been able to hide the line against teams that they can get the lead on and play from in front. The Raiders, for example, even though they turned the ball over three times, they didn't cover, but they were able to do that. You know, Washington, they got ahead of Washington and they were able to control the game. You know, this Jet team is the front is the strength of their team. 
And when you watch the last game, it's, you know, the Jets forced a couple turnovers until they got to the to the ridiculous Hail Mary play. So this is not – this Miami team is not healthy. Holland, they miss Holland badly. He didn't play last week. Elliott didn't play last week. So, you know, Duke Riley's had to fill in at middle linebacker for them. That's not what they want because they've lost some of their players inside, and I think that's the issue. And then they haven't been able to. They signed, they signed uh, Melvin Ingram to help them rush a little bit because that's because losing – when they've lost Phillips, they've lost some of their rushers. Their defense last week didn't play mm-hmm. nearly as well because of the fact that they couldn't block, they couldn't get pressure against an offensive line that wasn't very good. So this is kind of why I asked the question in no way or no doubt, are the Bills live in the division? And not that it has to do with this game specifically, but Miami – we are starting to see a little bit of the challenges that they have ahead of them. And after the Jets, they have to play the Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Buffalo Bills. It's not an easy road. And the Bills road is not easy either. But that head-to-head at the end of the season, if the Bills yeah. happen to win these next couple of games, like, I think it's possible. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I think you make a great point. Look, they're just – I mean, Miami's not healthy. And if Hill's injury – is what, what we suspect it might be, where he's having trouble cutting. This will be a hard game against the Jets. It'll be a hard game. And the Cowboys can score with them. Right. You know, and the Cowboys can pressure Tua from their all di- – look, the one thing we know about Miami, we talk about they don't beat good teams. What they don't beat is teams with physical defensive fronts. That's where they have an issue. They, they, don't, they can beat New England even though they have a physical front. New England's front – at times, you know, it wears down because our offense can't match it. The Ravens do. The Cowboys do. That's the strength of their – the next three games, the strength of their team is in the defensive front, and it's the weakness of Miami because this offensive line isn't good enough. I mean, we're talking about Cleveland having to play their backups. Miami's had to play their backups, but some of their backups have really been injured all the time, so when they signed them, you knew they were going to get hurt. Yeah, that, that that injury, especially to their starting center and the relationship that that takes to have with your quarterback, like that is that's a, another big blow to that group. The remaining schedule again for Miami: Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. Bills remaining schedule: Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. So if they if the Bills get through Dallas this week and they are favored to do so, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, very winnable games against the Chargers and Patriots. A lot could come down to that final meeting of the regular season. These last yeah. four weeks are going to be fun. Um, the Dolphins. Oh, they're the best. And, and, and again, like I've been saying, get rid of your pencil because everything yes. we think could happen is not going to happen. Absolutely. Um, in the AFC East, Dolphins still a $4 favorite. Bills 3-1 to one in the AFC East. Uh, Buffalo to make the playoffs, even money to miss minus 120. So still favored on the to be the on the outside looking in, but we said it earlier that is a team that if or when they do make the playoffs is one that you probably don't want to have to face we're going to take a quick time out here when we come back on the Lombardi line resetting for hour two still plenty more news and notes around the National Football League to get to and Lombardi's list we'll get his top five and bottom five teams in the National Football League 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.